0: Look, so the wife is sending me messages right now. She's like, I wonder what we're missing. I'm like, what you talking about? She said every branch in church history missed something. Every era, every community, every expression. She's just going in right now. (laughs) Maybe I should get her on the podcast (laughs) and trade you out. (laughs) Seriously.
1: (laughs) Hi, I'm Bert. What's up? I'm Steve. Welcome to How to Kill... A church. A podcast of indefinite length following two church planters journey through discovery, heartbreak, and innovation for the future of the church. We're doing this podcast not because we have all the answers. In fact, as you'll hear, we have very few of them but because we are compelled by the potential for this moment and what it could mean for those following the way of Jesus. We actually think that COVID may be one of the best
0: disruptions for the American church in decades. Through this global pandemic we're all living through and on the shoulders of the last 20 years of information, internet, change, upheaval, we believe there is a unique opportunity to
1: reimagine the church, to meet this cultural moment with the gospel. So follow us on this journey of discovery, lessons learned, mistakes made, and maybe, just maybe, an ancient and innovative way forward for the church of the future. Today, it's all about Steve. Mm. All about mm-hmm. Stephen, Jamie, all about a rise. Let's get it. I'm just a little sad Jamie's not here in the studio. Oh, but she's with us, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she really is with us, though, right? It's true. It's true. We'll get to that. Word. So this is episode two of How to Kill a Church. Let's get it. Episode one, raging success. Mm. I don't know how we're measuring success. I'm like, but... I was like, yo, I guess by our standards, that means we already yeah, siphoned dude. some people off. We'll huh? Create our own standards here. <laughs> Oh man. All right, we're back in it. Episode 2, How to Kill a Church and and what we when we first like dreamed about this outline. We were, you know, up on the whiteboard wall just kind of working through what we wanted to do. What we did, we we wanted to take that first episode and just um do do a deep dive. Well, yeah. I think we wanted to do a brief overview, and it turned into a deep dive. It sure did. <laughs> it sure did. So, if you listened to episode one, well done for finishing that puppy. Because hey, was long. yeah, big big ups <laughs> to everybody
0: who listened to the first episode.
1: But it, but it was good to just I, I think because what it was, it was a bit of a verbal dump of everything mm. we have been processing through, and honestly, in our attempt to try to bring you the listener into some of like our heartbeat and some of our um, processing and some of our. Tension and some of our excitement for what's ahead, but we yeah. what we did want to start though is we we wanted to start with some narrative, mm. some story, uh, particularly around around you and I, like the the people who are kind of mainly hosting this podcast. We wanted you, the listener, to get to know. I don't. We don't want to make any assumptions that you know us, you know our story, how we landed here, and how we landed around this same table together. And so. Yeah. We wanted to start with some narrative and kind of throw the spotlight on um, each of kind of our families and, and how we ended up here and, and what we've been processing to get to this point here. And so today is all about you guys. I'm excited. Come on. I'm excited. to have some good
0: time with the wife, man. Yeah. Uh, so, we, you know, we're going to have fun in the editing bay. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so you sat down, you sat down with Jamie and just debriefed the last few years. Yeah. How you got here. Some of those big God moments. Um. What how how you coming here was not exactly all you thought it would be and right. how God's kind of like transformed that and turned that into something different. And yeah. and one of the reasons we wanted to bring in our wives into the story is because, and, and I don't want to assume this is the same for everyone, but I think you and I both approach this and, and ministry, like this is not our job. Mm. This is our family's calling. Yeah, And like, like, whether you name it or not, your wives feel it, your kids feel it. And and uh, for us, that was really important early on that we're doing this together. It's not going to be my thing. Uh, and she's not going to kind of be off on the side doing her own thing. Or our kids are sort of be kind of exempt. Like we desperately did not want that pastor's kid syndrome to hit us. And yeah. one of the ways we wanted to avoid that is like bring them in. Let them yeah. experience the joy, the fun, the adventure of church. Yep. And I
0: mean, all the hardship, everything, Absolutely. Right? We, we're Absolutely. family, family on mission. And, and that's a yeah, it comes with all the highs and all the lows. Uh, but I think it's good. So. That's, I think that's the that's the heartbeat uh overall but for this this particular even uh, podcast and, and moving forward this is the moment that we get to kind of clarify some of that yeah uh and, and and by having them with us I think it'll she had a different light. Cause you know, your
1: wife is always going to tell the truth <laughs> <laughs> and she's going to make sure you tell the I'm truth. I'm just saying she going <laughs> to hold your
0: feet to the fire, brother. Or maybe that's just my experience. <laughs>
1: well, I think that's the part maybe a lot of people don't even expect or maybe understand or, or have a framework for is like so much of, of what happens in front of people. There are, You know, 10x the amount of conversations that are happening. Hmm. You know, the pillow talk conversations, the date night conversations, the early in the morning, getting ready, brushing your teeth conversations. Just like those conversations that roll with, you know, Sherry and I and with you and Jamie, like those shape our churches in a really profound way. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. In really, really crazy ways. Look, I'm always looking for opportunities
0: to let people know, like, Jamie, this was Jamie's idea. idea. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, to be honest, you know, (laughs) Jamie hit me with the one, two, and it was like, oh, wow, that's it, you know? So, yeah, yeah, every time. So, I think for you and
1: I, instead of just, like, sitting in the studio and, like, pontificating, like, no, no, we want to bring the real brains of the operation to the table. Word. And that's Jamie and Sherry. Like, they've had to process with us they've had to, <laughs> to walk with us through all this craziness and, oh, and they're wow. as much as this is a risky move and a faith move for a lot of us they've had to like put themselves on the table as well that's right um and uh, they just don't have the luxury of being the the people in front of people all the mm. time getting the accolades or the whatever you know yeah. and so yeah uh, i'm pretty excited for today this is gonna be good yep same here okay so the plan for today is is we're going to dive into like uh, an interview you did with Jamie. It's not even an interview, just a conversation you had. And it's like the rest of us are like flies on a wall, just getting a little picture into the Ross household Kids are in bed, maybe a glass of wine is out, some Maybe cheese, some salamis. Maybe. <laughs> I, I can see how y'all get down. <laughs> it might have been me, Jamie, and Arturo Fuente. All right, fair know, enough. It's a little different over here.
0: <laughs>
1: it's a little different on our
0: side, but I feel
1: you. So we get, to, and then we're gonna come back and we're gonna maybe commentate on a few things or bring some clarity to sort of refocus. And we'll get to hear a bit from you guys and and we'll sort of like make some comments along the way. But really the goal of today, if you're listening in, is um uh, honestly to buy into Steve, hmm. to buy into a rise, to buy into some of their story. And so that when you, you know, when we're six, seven, eight episodes deep into this first season, you know, some of our heartbeat, you know, some of our, our love for Jesus, our love for each other, our love for our city. And you guys just get to know the story of how we got here. Hmm. Um, and, to, and for even everyone listening to know, like as, as we're venturing into this, this new, Space. We have things on the line. You know, we're not we're not we're not doing this from our ivory towers. Like we're not doing this from our uh, uh, I don't know, just like unlimited funding position. We're not doing this with like nothing to risk. Like we're putting a lot on the table. Yeah, and all so in. We, we want to get to, We get a chance to have people hear even what it is that we're bringing to the table. What it is we're risking. What it is God is is birthing in us. So that's good. That's where we're going today. Let's get into it.
2: Our heart has always been, um, since the Lord has arrested our hearts, has been about the mission of God. Not knowing what that would look like, and it's taken on different faces in different seasons of our life, different faces and sides of ministry. Um, But I think ultimately, we always, in our heart and gifts of like shepherding gifts, and even being part of our local churches operating in our shepherding gifts whether it was on you know the back pew because we had all our kids lined up next to us or just you know wherever it was we always wanted to see people love Jesus more and become um, disciples of his. I mean when I think
0: about how we came to Ventura and how we got here I can't really um disconnect it from what we were doing right before you know, so I was, I was, I had this dream crushing experience where it was like, man, <laughs> I'm I'm driving my family around trying to show them where we're gonna buy our burial plots in the middle of the inner city, yeah, Long Beach. Yeah. Yeah. And God pretty quickly said, actually, uh, for the work that's being done here, uh, I'm, I'm I'm gonna have somebody else do that, <laughs> and, yeah. and called us to leave. And that was really hard, but what it What I look back on right now is like it was very much preparation. Like there was a lot of things that I was assuming based on knowledge that I had gotten, Mm -hmm. uh, things that I had studied, um, places I had been, even the people that I was partnering with. Mm -hmm. And I remember in one of our last meetings where we were talking about moving on from that, um, some of your words were like, you're too strong and I want like this podcast I want to be as real as we can be with discretion mm. but like I, I I would I would hate for people to not know even the places where I've just made grave mistakes mm. so so for me the way we got to Ventura was the polar opposite or no actually it, it was an experience for um, that even meets where we've been in the book of Mark with our people, where I, I see myself in the disciples clamoring for greatness,
2: hmm. Hmm. right?
0: here, Here's here is the disciples walking with Jesus, um, talking amongst themselves about who's going to be the greatest. In fact, discussing, hmm. I would even say maybe arguing or reasoning. Hmm. And he knows what's in their hearts. And so he asks them round about Mark 33, you know 34 35 he asks them what y'all talking about mm. and they were silent and then he goes in and he says you know what let me tell you what true greatness is if you're going to be great in the kingdom you got to be last and you got to be the servant of all yeah and in
2: 2015
0: 2016 20 going into 2017 I've come out of some formal theological training, uh, some experiences that have put me into some some rooms that people would pay to be in with mm-hmm. some of these evangelical superstars. Mm. I'm like working closely with these people on first name basis yeah. in and out of some of their homes, right, flying around the country with them and all of that. So when I'm going back to my own hometown where I used to yeah. smoke weed, hang out at the park. Ride the mm-hmm. 260 bus up and down Atlantic. I'm thinking, oh, this is cake. Mm-hmm. I'm going to come and we're going to crush it for the Lord here. Mm-hmm. And before we could even launch our church, it was like, man, you, you assumed a lot based on your own strength. You, 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 you like put wow. a lot of stock wow. in what you and your partners could do. Well, and now you and your partners are showing yourselves to be on different pages. Yeah. And so the philosophy thing came up, and um, I mm. mean, lo and behold, right? It was like God made it clear to us that we were supposed to step aside and let the people who had moved here to join us in our own hometown from other states let them run with that. But we're not supposed to be a part of it. So anyway, it just I I brought that up because. We could talk all kinds of, uh, you know, how we got here from different angles, but the one thing that sticks out to me is that the, the reason the reason why I bring that up and want to talk about it today this way is because when we were sitting in our, one of our, again, one of those last meetings, and you said, you're too strong, and you weren't talking just to me, you are talking to the group of us. That was a, that was a very clear exhortation that I think broke me down. And I remember you preaching the gospel, talking about how my, my dad, who I grew up, he's not in the home. He was you know, part of the crack epidemic in the 80s into the 90s. And like I didn't even know him relationally until we were adults. He came to Christ. I came to Christ. We've been walking together. And it was a Sunday or two before. You're sitting next to him, and he's talking about how he sees redemption and how God saved his life, even through us and our daughter.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: And, and, and what you started to talk about to that group in that room, it just broke me down because it was, you don't need to be super strong, smart, witty, clever. Like, you know what you're going to do, making all the plans, making all of these strategies. You, you, you need to, uh, believe and trust this simple gospel you know mm.
2: so yeah.
0: anyway i'm getting I'm getting kind of long-winded on that but for me the reason why that's important is because I came here to Ventura limping with that mm. I feel like I wrestled with God through it it didn't make sense to me um I think that the assumption now I look back on it, hindsight being 2020 I would call it sinful on my part sin that I the, the the sin that I was in was like um pride, right? Okay. And again clamoring for a certain level of greatness, not even knowing that I'm trying to make a name for myself. But when I look at Mark and 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 what Jesus says to the disciples there in the ninth chapter, I realize, oh yeah, see that's exactly what I wasn't doing. Wow. It's it's not that I it's not that I wanted to be wanted everything to be all about me, but I definitely ha- didn't have a mind that it was all about others. Hmm. You know what I mean? And I wrote on Facebook just the other day, like, yo, (laughs) Jesus wants us to embrace last place as our first choice after thinking through, you know, the way he challenges those disciples. Um, And so coming here to be in the shadows, helping Sean, you know, essentially like on this glorified kind of like rest, but, but work in a remote place up in Ventura. I, I mean, I hadn't been coming to Ventura. I've been, up have driven through here, but this isn't a place that I just like frequented. Yeah. So it was like going as far as you possibly could in Southern California. Right. To get away from. Yeah. Um, things. And so coming here, um, I came here with that limp, but I think that it has been something that stuck with me in, in healthy ways. Okay you know so that's good yeah
2: thanks for sharing that yeah What was going on in your heart? You know, I, I had a glimpse of it, but I kind of was working through my own stuff. So I don't think I saw it as clearly as you are explaining it now. So, um, I mean, everything you're saying, of course, I saw all the bullet points of it. But just appreciate you opening your heart in that way. For me, I was in a completely opposite place. When we moved back to L.A. to be a part of a church plant, Um, that was the first time that I had lived near my family since my father had passed away, and it just been, just barely, I think, been three years, Right. and um, the position that I carried in just a place of like leading and helping my mom to transition was pretty impactful, and it was a Pretty large responsibility, so being back local to my family, my birth town, I, I had a lot of feelings. Of um, just for the first time being back near yeah. family in over fifteen years, I
0: still think it's crazy that we ended up moving right on the street where you was
2: born. Yeah, in Brooklyn. Yeah, was. just so just kind of getting back, and then like we had already been uh commuting back and forth to a local church from Newhall into Southgate. And so being local to the family that we've been building community with for all those years, um, I think we've been in community with them five years or more, but from a distance. So being local to family, um, both mine and yours, and then church community, and then just even the diverse community, not that it was specific to one ethnic group, but that it was such a wide variety of uh, different ethnicities and cultures. And it just, it was something that I was excited and looking forward to and just looking forward to the new church plant and the building of a new community in our hometown. Yeah. So I think in that way, it resonated with the both of us. Um the transition that God made abruptly um, for us to come into Ventura was a hard one for me. Mm. Um, it was undeniable that God was stirring my heart to do it. If you recall, we got an invitation from Sean to come, and then you moved, you went into, I think, you took a missions trip through CHF, Children's Hunger Fund. We went back to you went back to Zimbabwe. You were gone for two weeks, there was no internet um ability mm-hmm. and during that time God was stirring it in my heart that Ventura was where he wanted us to be yeah, and it was you know to make a really long story short there was just so many deep connections by that time i had even started a small school there that i'd staffed and everything in lakewood in lakewood and just it, just i had really built a lot of Um, healthy community, not even for myself, but just for so many other homeschool families that were looking for that. And so the transition to Ventura, for me, I think about Jesus when he called, you know, when he called his disciples and he called his, you know, was the sons of thunder and told them like, come with me and they left their father's business and they Mm. left what was happening. That was my experience. Mm. Like for the first time I was back in community with my family in over 15 years, your family, our families both were experiencing like some huge transitions that we were very much a part of. And, So to just come here, like there was that challenge of leaving behind the things that were valuable to me and like keeping Jesus and his mission as the focal point.
0: Which is crazy because when I when I was in Zimbabwe and we had talked briefly about whether or not we should be exploring, you know, coming here. Because I talked to Sean before I left. And, yeah. yeah. And he said, I hope it doesn't discourage you, but I don't think you should plant another trench right now. I think you should come to Ventura and help me out. Yeah. And I'm like, it doesn't discourage me. That's just dumb.
2: Right. <laughs> and yeah. I remember,
0: I remember yeah. Going, downtown, <laughs> going downtown to get my little, uh, you know, whatever shots. Whatever your, yeah, stuff. your immunization and I'm like the shots. Fifth floor in the, maybe the Wells Fargo building or one of those buildings downtown LA, mm-hmm. overlooking everything. And I'm just like, I can't believe we just decided to resign from the, the, the church plan. And yeah. I don't know what I'm going to do. Yeah. And so I get on a plane and I go. But I remember when I was feeling, I was dreaming about things. And I was I was journaling. And I was just having these real strong feelings. To yeah. Like, Man, I should be there. Yeah. And then the crazy thing is. It's I it was, was on the too. Plane, it was on the plane. And I'm, I'm flying. I yeah. We went through Dubai. We go through Dubai, right? Yes. And then finally, I'm with this new dude. His name's Rick. And it's like, yo, Rick, you know, where you live? He's at Ventura. And I'm like, wait, what you mean?
2: Yeah. yeah. Like,
0: <laughs> what you mean you live in Ventura? Yeah. Like, you, you work at Children's Hunger Fund over here in Silmar. I live in Bellflower. So I'm driving an hour north. you telling me you're driving an hour back east, but you live in Ventura? Like, so that's possible?
2: Yeah. It was like there my was mind so, exploded. I mean, then there point. were so many other things too because when God was stirring in your heart, you wrote me this long email saying that I you about Rick, felt like, that, that God Rick. was leading and I wrote you a long email saying yeah. I felt that God was leading and it just so happened that when I pressed in and you pressed in we didn't get it until the internet was available to you yeah. in Zimbabwe, yeah, and so that, I mean,
0: exactly. So I go to internet when well, we cafes. get that
2: message to yes. each other. It's yes. like we're yes. both feeling the stirring. And, and
0: I, oh, let me let me make that plain because I yeah. think that sometimes we get really excited. Okay. I'm in I'm in Zimbabwe. I decide I'm going to write this uh, email to Jamie and tell her like I'm really feeling like we need to be going to Ventura. I'm really starting to feel like we should yeah. at least be exploring.
2: I had so much anxiety even writing the email. So I'm writing this email to you saying God is stirring my heart that we should at least explore it.
0: These are independent.
2: We're in totally different sides of the world. Literally totally like different um, continents. (laughs) And when your Internet is available in Zimbabwe, your email comes out to me and my email comes to you. And it's the same message that God right. wants us to explore. It. Right,
0: the same message. So, so, so I, I I just told somebody this. I'm like, yo. So I came back home, hooked up with my wife. Hooked up. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, <laughs> I came back home after a couple weeks, but within a day, I was jet lagged, staying at the Best Western over here on the telephone mm, or yeah. what is it, Thompson, right? Like yeah, we were yeah. jet lagged on Thompson, we just yeah. decided we're gonna stay in this motel for the next three days and check the city out and see what it's like. Yeah. Like that kind of stuff. Um, I can't make it up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh so so God was like dragging us here, drawing us here, uh, at a time, and I think that I remember there were a couple people who were I was walking with during that season that helped me to remember like God was still using us.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and, and That's it was true because after that like, moment when look,
2: you're leaving your church plan and you're leaving the disappointment and you're just kind of moving into this next season, like you described walking with a limp, but then you, it's almost like you forget to keep walking. Because of the limp, You just feel like, you know, my leg's not working. It's like, dude, your leg's working fine. You just needed a crutch. Because I have my plan.
0: I was even writing my death plan. You feel Mm, me? I'm going to be buried over here, and we're going to be forgotten. In a little bitty 90805 North Long Beach, because there's so much great need. And God was like, that's not where I want you to be. Now, what's crazy is, what I was going to say is, I had two things going on. First of all, I came back from uh you know my trip and it's not surprising that uh in short in a short time you were pregnant right? <laughs> and so
2: here we go charity's on the way we got number eight mercy coming,
0: right i'm sorry mercy's on the way and, and,
2: wait and, no you're right i think wait who, who kid were we on <laughs> exactly so like i said charity's on
0: the way number eight it, it was, it was charity. But but what was crazy is that right, here we are funny. we're pregnant with our eighth child
2: yeah
0: and I had someone just tell me hey that let that be a reminder to you that you are still fruitful I know this is a hard
2: time wow I know that wow. this is tough
0: but I, there's still fruitful wow. ministry for you ahead so I'm like wow that's like, okay. a sweet encouragement so yeah other wow. was, the other one was I'm considering going to a larger established, very well-to-do church and kind of sitting in the balcony and just like, I need to sit, soak, and serve maybe a little bit for a time. Mm. Thinking that that's what my mind was. Mm. And it was like uh, Don Overstreet, mm. God rest his soul, love, mm. love, love, love Don. Being able to spend those last days of his life mm. with him was like, was amazing. But Don said, you'll petrify. He said, don't go sit anywhere and, and, and not work like mm. you need to keep working mm. and I feel like God just brought people
2: God continues to do that you
0: know he always does to, to encourage my faith because I really yeah. felt like not you know there's a there's one thing to feel burnt out and used up yeah it's another thing to feel like I'm not even worthy of keeping my hand to the plow mm. and that's where I was I was more discouraged than anything yeah. else.
2: And I feel like that's honestly, as we continue to journey with him, (laughs) the more and more I feel like he allows us to experience those feelings and then he uses his saints to lift our heads. But he wants us to kind of like stay in that humble state, you know, like not in a state of feeling like unworthy or just totally, you know, where all of a sudden we're totally disconnected with what he's doing. But then at the same time, I feel like he uses us most fruitfully from a place of humility and not just like the humility where you decide to be humble, but like, no, I'm going to make you low. Yeah. I'm going to make you low. Yeah. Yeah,
0: that's a grace. It didn't it didn't sound great when, you know, Mm. uh, Bobby, right, Bobby was like, Hey Steve, remember down is the way up. Yeah. It didn't sound fun, but he just made it very clear, like, uh, humble yourself and and stay low. And that was in a moment when I was being honest with him about how I wanted to Take control of the situation. Take matters into my own hands and everything else. And he's like, Always. He's like, fall back. You said the same thing. I remember you put your hand on my chest one time told me, you need to fall back. <laughs> you saw that lip curl. Like, I'll get, that was your
2: safety net. it's yeah, yeah, the yeah. reason why God gave me, I'm trying to gave tell you him. me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm trying to tell you. So, oh, man. So anyway, all right. So then we get here.
2: It's a beautiful fellowship. It's a beautiful community. Like, well, you know, we were just coming out of that state and I think our whole family felt the limp. Like we were all limping. Even our like four year old was limping. Like we all felt that space that we came out of, and when we sat and asked the Lord, like, "What do you want for us?" Like, what can you know? We asked God for specific things for the next season, and it was so sweet at the time. Our Jubilee, who was four, maybe, um, I you know, four. she four or five. Mm-hmm. She said, "I would love to ask Jesus for a community who." have loved, that would love us the way that we've loved others. Yeah. I remember I remember and that. when she came with that prayer.
0: and We prayed that and we said, God will answer, you know.
2: And so By when faith, we, we came like, to Ventura, there was mm-hmm. nothing but that. Yeah, Like there was nothing but that. I remember sitting in my bed sick. Because of just you know the first couple months of pregnancy and you came up to seed and spent some time um, with the community and I remember watching on your phone and um, Sean encouraging and exhorting the church that whatever grace and goodness that they would have given to his family to give twofold to us. and I just wept like I don't even like they don't even know us. Like, who are these people? Yeah. And from the moment that we touched our feet down in Ventura, it was nothing but covering, nothing but goodness, nothing but love, like sacrificial love, like yeah. just it was. It was. It, we couldn't have expressed yeah. and asked God for something as particular yeah. as to what we received.
1: So you're in Ventura. Um, You and Sean are on team together. You hook up with this beautiful little church that's taking care of you guys. It's a healing spot. It's a refreshing spot. Talk to me a little bit about like, what was that time like when you were on team with Sean and just some of those early, early season for you joining the seed story? It was cool, man. I mean,
0: I, I was still working full time. Uh, for Children's Hunger Fund, which is down in Sylmar. so I was I was driving fifty miles each way, you know, every day of the week, and I even worked a, a, a quite a bit of Saturdays and did some traveling. So I was just I wasn't really in Ventura, right? For a minimum of sixty hours, I was gone. Dang. Now Sean was also you know taking on more and more responsibilities with Acts Twenty Nine. Uh, he started out, I think he was third time or part time. Then he went to halftime and, uh, you know, it slowly kind of moved up toward full time with crazy amounts of travel. I mean, he was in all of the 13 Western States plus some, right? So he's traveling everywhere, Alaska, he's back and forth to Portland. And, you know, I mean, it was just like Seattle, a lot of travel. So I think what was happening was, Although we were enjoying some of the chemistry and like the fruit together and we were gelling and building this bond, a lot of the people who were trekking, T-R-E-K-K-I-N-G, not tracking, right? (laughs) Uh, But I guess tracking too. But I'm just saying the people who were journeying with us, they were feeling like things were in limbo and who's going to drive the ship? Like, can we actually do something that has momentum and some forward progression? We had given up the space that we were in. We had moved into the river, transitioned to a 4 p.m. gathering on Sundays. I mean, a lot of things happened that it was like, I think a lot of people had questions about where, you know, where things ought to go. So while it was great and it was really healing on a personal side, I think it was also moments of like, it was creating an appetite in people to say, okay, this is good, but like, there's gotta be more. Uh, and that led to kind of some of the decisions toward, all right, well, what are we going to do
1: new? Yeah. So, so that, that's where you guys are at. And I'm sure you and Sean and the rest of the team are feeling some of that tension as well. Yeah. How are you and Jamie processing through some of what's what's next and, and how to decipher and even meet some of that tension.
0: Yeah, we were we were very um, we were excited about the potentials for seeds specifically in the ministry here in Ventura because we were at that time in a conversation about a merge. Mm. So we're thinking about merging our congregation um, and what that would mean for uh, us and, you know, staffing and all that. But then at the same time, we're considering. All right. Well, when we first came in, we had this kind of two year plan two years is up yeah should we be here yeah. for the long haul should we not be here and so it was a lot of uh questions surrounding that and then we came into fall of 2018 and jamie's mom got got kind of sick she came at thanksgiving and she was coughing it was like this horrible cough she probably went through a whole bag of hauls you know over the period of a weekend just taking cough drops and that's all she wanted then she came back at christmas and she was still coughing So by the time we get to January, we're asking her to go to the doctor. And when she does, we find out that it's cancer. You know, they're saying, yeah, you can't breathe because you've got cancer and it's eating your blood. And that was just like another dream crushing moment. Mom's in her sixties. She was otherwise healthy as far as we know, uh, and, and you know, how do you say that? Well, I mean, she just wasn't in pain. She was driving her little RAV4 up and down the 101 to come and hang with us. When she was here, she was very active. And it just kind of came on out of nowhere. So all of that put us into another one of those um, spins where it's like, okay, God, what are you doing? And what does this look like? And, yeah, Jamie's mom did pass on March fifteenth, 2019. So it's been two years.
1: And that was like another pivotal moment for hmm. us. Wow. Yeah. So for, I mean, how was that a pivotal moment for you guys in particular? What did that change or how did that bring clarity to this kind of to your plan or like, okay, well, what do we do? And kind of what was, what came out of some of those pivotal moments? Yeah. I mean, the big
0: pivot is that she was praying and letting us know that she was very spiritually aware of, warfare, Hmm. uh, and even some comforts surrounding ministry in Ventura and our need to be bold and courageous and not vex and not grow embittered and not allow the enemy to distract us even by the things he was throwing our way and like letting us know that there was this fruitful ministry ahead. But we're thinking mom is passing away. Like there's no way we stay in here. You, you start thinking about being around the rest of your fam. Yeah, you know, it's totally, like, that totally. just didn't make sense to us. So she's sending these, these text messages and it was like, I don't know. And and so I think it came to a, a place where, um, we began to recognize that because the, the Lord did take her from us and in taking us, all we had were the last things to cling onto. And so I fleeced it. I never forget. I started having the strong impression. Okay. If I'm supposed to stay here, then God, Sean's going to let me take over the church and go in a different direction, you know? And it's like, I'm telling, I'm telling Jamie that, right? like
1: that I, in a vacuum, that's a bold thing to think and say to throw out there. And that's yeah. like a pretty, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I mean, yeah. it was
0: also like, kind of like a test, you know, like, uh, <laughs> if I put this out here and the sure. whole ground is wet, sure, <laughs> but sure. it stays dry, yeah. you know,
1: or it, Hey, it's wet and all the ground is dry. It was one of those moments. So this is some of the stuff that you guys are thinking through. Yeah. But also like in the tension of where seed's at at the time, what are, what's some of the things Sean's thinking through? Or like, cause eventually this conversation gets to him. What yeah. is that like?
0: Well, I just remember very vividly that when I went and told him, I thought he was going to say that was ridiculous. And he said, I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> i had a similar thought and it's like oh man and then he was even initiating like it's got to be your own vision wow i I I wholeheartedly you know affirmed that and so i'm thinking like i don't want to build on another man's foundation he's challenging me and charging me with like you need to have new vision you got to have new direction the whole nine. so it just i mean it was a crazy surrender and and a and a leap of faith i went and told the folks at my job like hey i'm out not even in two weeks. I'm. I'm this is my last week. Yeah. And,
1: you know, we just disappeared, man. We we got out of Ventura some. Well, and pretty quickly, Sean told the church, oh, yeah. like, hey, this is what's going to be happening. Yep. So this is spring 2019. Yep. You guys get out for a little bit summer That's 2019. Right. That's right. All the while, God's starting to stir stuff up in you guys. Yeah. And so he's giving you clarity. It's crazy. He's giving you vision. Like that stuff that Sean says you got to have if you're taking yeah, over. He's, he's, giving giving it, stuff. he's
0: giving it to me. And it, and it was crazy because as I'm spending
1: time, I even felt like,
0: you know, Sean stood up and told the church in at the beginning of June, hey, unless a seed goes in the ground and dies, it remains alone. Hmm. Uh, and I mean, that's as biblical as it can get. But it was also very like, oh, it's a great message for a church named seed that's getting ready to close in a couple of weeks. Right. So it's like, all righty. Uh, but as I was fasting and praying, so getting close
1: because it's gonna turn into something. Yeah, new. yeah, yeah.
0: Because yeah. yeah. we had—I mean, we legitimately had a last—they had uh, last gatherings, yeah, last party, and then there was dead silent for. Did you guys take off. Yes. Yeah. You know. And so, uh, anyway, during that whole process, like I felt like I kept seeing this phoenix, mm. you know, that that burning bird. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Think about beauty from ashes Coming and reading ashes. Isaiah sixty and Isaiah sixty-one, and I'm trying to figure out what is this all about and. Uh, I wanted to stay away from the Greek mythology. That's why our name's not <laughs> Phoenix. Smart. Yeah, yeah. But I promise you, man, it was like God was giving me a vision of an uprising of yeah. a radically diverse group of world changers, which is what we say now. And that's how
1: God gave me the name Arise. You know. So you come, you come back with some of that. August. Jamie, Stu, in August, yep. you take some time with your crew, almost like core team status, exactly. like who's with us, let's rebuild. That's it. And you start talk, training and leading up to like a relaunch of this church in September, 2019. September 29th, we relaunched, man. I was there. That's what they call it. Yeah. I was there that day. I was there. <laughs> it, was it was a beautiful fun. day. Yep. So yep. you guys relaunch, Yep, you have all this momentum in the world going throughout fall 2019. Oh, it was great. It's great. Life is good. Honeymoon phase, Come right? Come on, it's not over yet. <laughs> dip into Christmas time. We're only two months in at that point. <laughs> you dip into January, Three February months. 2020, things are still looking good, <laughs> and then COVID hits. Oh my goodness! So you are not even six months in officially to this relaunch. Yeah, it's when crazy. COVID hits, it's and crazy. you guys were gearing up to like shift to a different building. You guys yep. had vision for the Avenue, yep. and we're making all these moves. We had this
0: wonderful, you know, arrangement with the Avenue Center, which is a scene where the senior center program, yeah. senior c- uh, citizen programs are. And so, I mean, that was another dream crushing moment. Just realizing the senior citizen center is going to be the last, the last thing to, thing to reopen. Up. Yep. So
1: what in the world are we doing? Yeah. <laughs> and the COVID hits. Yep. All right. This was your side of the story. I want to throw back to the interview because I want to hear Jamie's side of the story because <laughs> along, along with all this, she's processing, she's thinking she's keeping you in check and she is processing through what this replant is going to mean for not only for you, but for the family, and for the church, and for the call God has on your life. And so, oh yeah, she kept it right, way real. So you're you're off on cloud nine with vision, momentum, training, core team. I want to hear what Jamie's got to say about all that.
2: If you are planting a church from the ground up, then you have time and space to cast vision, to um, set up a blueprint, and then to go the direction that you feel that God is leading you, inheriting a church. Um, even though we took a pause and we you know, created a new name, a new vision, and a new mission, I'm um, still so many of the our church, uh, uh, being from the previous church, um, I think that it slowed down and it disrupted a vision, the vision that you believed that God was calling you to do, and so it was very difficult watching you. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm I'm a word picture girl. Right, so I we'll always have these visuals of an experience, and that's what informs my thinking. So I saw you on a hamster wheel, mm. like I, I saw you trying to keep the Sunday thing going, um, you know, where it isn't um, it is in a well thought out, uh, organized, structured Sunday Sunday gathering that still let uh, gave space for God's spirit to work um, but brought people in positions that would help to keep the structure going forward and um, I think that the challenge f- for you for us was what is God calling us to do Yeah, and you know trying to be a, supportive and yeah. encouraging to you but I'm a You know, I'm a pastor's kid. And so I know how quickly and easily it is to get caught up in that. And so there really isn't any space or room um, for changing the current, like changing the direction. Yeah. And so, you know, as we continue to talk through it, pray through it, process through it, it's like there are so many great churches in Ventura already. Mm-hmm. Like, that we had, in that two years, developed great friendships with them. Our kids enjoyed relationships together with them. Even the women I had become friends with. Mm -hmm. And so, it's like, what is God doing? Like, He doesn't need us to just come and set up something along the corner that's five miles away from something else. Like, what is He doing? What is He stirring up in us? And so... COVID gave us a chance to step back and look at what we were doing and ask God for a clear, laser-focused vision on what he was doing for the future of our church and possibly the global church, but at least ours.
1: I told you she was gonna keep it real. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I need her around all the time. That's real. So I think that one of the things that stuck out to me listening to to both of you guys is that God was not asking you to come to Ventura and do the same thing as everyone else.
0: Yeah, yeah, man.
1: I, I, it's such a compelling and, and Sherry and I say this all the time, like. Like, there are so many amazing churches in Ventura. I, mm. I know some of our friends listening to this, like, we love your church. Like, yeah. there are beautiful, yep. beautiful expressions of the gospel here in Ventura. Yep. And unless God has called us to do something that's not being done. Then
0: let's all go to Anthem.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Just keeping it real.
0: So, look, here's the thing. The way we think about that is like. Even when it comes down to like the target, sometimes you get very specific and like, oh, I know God wants us to reach this side of the city or whatever. Like, we we look at it as man, we need a hundred more church plants. We're not the kind of people who feel as though like they're just, there only needs to be a few. But we also know that God calls and uniquely gifts and like, um, you know draws people into a vision, some prophetic things he he exposes people's to, uh, people to needs. He opens your eyes and and he, and he moves your heart toward uh, maybe demographics or geographic look all that stuff. And so just kind of keeping things going and going with the flow it just wasn't it, it wasn't making sense. And I think that we were actually seeing some good momentum to be honest. We were growing. As, as people, you know, uh, describe it. I, I wouldn't call it growth, though. I would say it's expansion. Sure. You know, just yeah. like a, a balloon or something, you know, you can blow it up and up and up. But at some point it'll burst um, because it's not real growth in terms of multiplication. And so, yeah, we had the rooms getting filled. Uh, we're launching some kids ministry. We're getting some new signs. We're hanging up banners and all that different jazz. But the truth is, is like it was just. Going with the motions. I like how she said the hamster wheel. Yeah. I when she said I saw you on this hamster wheel, I'm like, why are you didn't stop me? <laughs> but she's got a perspective of being in a pastoral family and kind of uh what that I think what, what she's described to me even off um off record is more like that is a juxtaposition to be in because you, you don't know whether or not it's like this is what you have to do in order to kind of see things through Or if it's it's just like kind of a a, a bunch of mixed emotions. And I mean, with all pure motives, uh, as God is my witness, I just felt like God wanted us to bring the gospel, the good news. And so we were going to do that in whatever container or format or whatever we had. And so we just we yeah, we we were just kind of going with emotions So when COVID hit, it was probably the best moment for us to only be five months in. We got we got people who have been with us since or who had been with the original church since 2013. And we have people who showed up 13 days ago. You know what I mean? Like legitimately, I can name a couple right now that is like leading in our church and has led really well through COVID, but they came two weeks before COVID. You understand what I'm saying? And so there are things like that where it was just like, we're such a mixed body that it just needed some kind of a hard reset, and that's exactly what happened for us.
1: And I think we even said that on the last episode, that COVID is, is tragic and disruptive as it's been. It's also been this divine gift of like a huge reset button, mm-hmm. and it's enabled those those who have ears to hear, mm-hmm. you know, like what what is Jesus calling us into? What is the new that he's... He's calling us into, um, and it is this divine like reset opportunity. Yeah. And and to, you were talking about vision earlier and, and you know, good vision compels and repels. Right. Like if you're making everybody happy, chances are your vision is not clear. Mm. You know, there's like a, people are going to resonate with that or it's yeah. going to be like, hey, this isn't my thing. And, and yeah. that's honestly, that's all right because yeah. God, God, God has vision for us. And yeah. so when we talk about vision casting, we're tapping into the call he has on us. And look, so
0: look. And then so that's the thing. 2020, right? We talk about COVID so much, but I think it's just the season. That's the the big title. There are all those subtitles, though. You got to think about election year. You got to think about Ahmad Arbery. You got to think about Breonna Traylor. You yep. got to think about George Floyd. Yep. You got to think about all of the unrest, all of the uh, the the rioting. You got to think about the protests. I mean, you got to think about just where things are. And 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 for me, I will definitely say that the the vision of who he wants us to be. Uh, as a body, even paying the cost of reconciliation and doing the deep work. I mean, last summer, we spent our time going through John Perkins' book, One Blood, with a group in in a church. Uh, And and it was just like moments of like, okay, this is who we are. This is what we're about. And then I go through and I do this Ephesians 310 series over, I don't even remember how how many weeks, just talking about kaleidoscope, right? Just the the idea that there's this multicolored, multifaceted wisdom of God. I mean in English it's manifold wisdom of God, but it just talks about the rich diversity of the church. And I'm like, "Hey y'all, that's what I mean when I say radically diverse group of world changers. This is who God wants us to be." And like you said, it draws some people in mm-hmm. and it has deterred other people away. Yeah. And so, yeah, that th- I think it's been the moment that we would have Not necessarily like needed in our uh, in our experience, but it's what most people usually have in what in that experience of being I'm brand new. I parachuted in. I'm going to gather a core team. I'm going to vision cast and do all this stuff for a whole year. We didn't have that. Yeah. And so
1: I think that it's been uh, been that good moment for us. So COVID has been this reset. Yeah. And one of the things we mentioned in the last episode, it's worth mentioning again, is like we're starting to see the, our world around us open back up a little bit. And I think within the next couple of weeks and months, life will look a lot more normal than it has been for the last year. Mm. Life is going back to normal. but You guys are not. That's right. Through this divine reset of COVID, you guys have found a different way forward. Mm. That's what we want to dig into. That's what it's about. That's how you guys got here. Yeah. That's how we got to this table. Yep, And that's what the rest of the series is about. God help us. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to how to kill a church. Hey, follow us on this journey of discovery, lessons learned, mistakes made, and maybe, just maybe, an ancient and innovative way forward for the church of the future. So wherever you're listening to this, make sure you're subscribed, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, et cetera, et cetera. While you're there, rate and review the podcast that helps us out a ton and helps others uh, find us and uh, engage with some of the content that we're putting out here. And while you're there, if you find it at all helpful, useful, intriguing, and exciting, please do share it along. So share it with your friends, your family, share it on social media. That is super, super helpful. Up next on how to kill a church is we deep dive into me, Bert, and Sherry, and Anthem, and some of how we got here, how we got to the table, and how we got to the same realization that as the world is going back to normal, we're not. So we'll see you next time. Thanks for